0: Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to breakfast and a class. Breakfast and a class today is sponsored by Nati Benisti dedicated in honor of his wife Amy and in celebration of their newborn daughter, Ya'el Mazal. Mazal tov and Breakfast and a class is also dedicated in loving memory of Izzy Ashkenazi. Alav Shalom. Le'lo nishmat titzhak Yudit Yehudit avehayim. Alav Shalom, sponsored anonymously. As well, Breakfast of the class is dedicated in loving memory of the Tzvi Asher Ben Benchas Meir for his askara, sponsored by his grandson, Shmaya Stimler. <clears throat> of course, today also, um, as we've been doing it the entire time, is also a rifuah shelema in, uh, in, in uh, the name of Yaakov Israel Ben Tamar Malka. Finally, the week of Kobu is sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you and <clears throat> your substantial capacity to do good today and every day. But today, my friends, is not every day. Today is my birthday. <laughs> every five, four years. Every five years. I'm only I've only had 17 birthdays in my life. So today I have uh, our rabbis tell us the power to give a berachah. So I'd like to give everyone I'd like to give everyone a berachah at the end of the shi'ur. Um, we had a, a big a class in my house last night. And uh, my children in the middle of the class uh, crashed the class with music and balloons and started singing. It was very cute. I really appreciated it. So, my voice is not like this because I was out partying. <laughs> it was, uh, we were out of Shur in the house, Baruch <laughs> Hashem. What a way to spend a birthday. So, I'm here today, Be'ezrat uh, Hashem, also, to, uh, to, uh, to learn some Torah together with you today on this birthday, and as well to bring you and everyone that listens. Um, some berachah, some of the mazal That's why you have a koch to bring the berachah on your birthday Because that's the day of a person's mazal um, uh, Specifically the day that lines up But only his Hebrew birthday, obviously His English birthday it doesn't have uh, the same power Now, I'd like to read to you a beautiful, beautiful idea Our parasha begins with the words Ele pekudei These are the countings of the mishkan Mishkan Aedut, The sanctuary Of testimony. Now, what's interesting is I want to quote to you two different ideas in Chazal, and I want to share with you as well two different ideas and from where they come uh, to, to try and understand something beautiful for every single day of our lives. Rashi writes, Two times does it say the word Hamishkan Mishkan. Why does it say Hamishkan Mishkan? Remez this is a an allegory, a hint to the Mekdash. that was given as a collateral for the debt that we owed for our Avonot, the Mishkan it became a mashkon, a collateral for our damage, for the Avonot that we did. Now, I just again I find this really weird. But let me share with you one more idea that the rabbis also teach on this pasuk, and you'll see another example of the same concept. The pasuk says, Ele mishkan. I want to quote to you the Gemara. Gemara and Sukkah on page, Memhei, page 45. Moshe Rabbeinu, when he built the Mishkan, he asked God, what's going to happen if you destroy the Beit HaMikdash, if you destroy the Mishkan, where will your Shekhinah reside? So now you're giving us this temple and you're telling us, build me the temple, I'm going to dwell in it, okay? But what happens when you destroy it? Where will you be? And the Gemara continues and says, I'm going to reside in the righteous, in the holy. And I think it is for that reason that throughout the generations, people go to their rabbis for beracha. they go to their rabbis to ask them all these questions, because what they used to do in the Beit HaMikdash, they now do at the tzaddikim. There's a custom that the, <clears throat> the Hasidim have. It's called a, a pikadon. I think it's called a pikadon. Or a kvittel. they have. Where people would bring the rabbi a little note. They need a certain something. They need a certain prayer, a certain blessing. They would give the rabbi the note. They would bring the rabbi money. Usually the rabbi would take the money and use it for tzedakah for the community. But again, it's representative of the same concept. That when people needed a kapara, they would bring a korban to the mikdash. Right, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They would donate money to the Beit HaMikdash, to the Beit Kabait to fix up the Beit Hamikdash, etc., cetera, etc. So, God asks Moshe, asks God, what's going to happen when you when when you destroy the Beit Hamikdash? Where are you going to be? Hashem answers in the tzaddikim, and here's the bit that some of you may not may not remember. And the Gemara says, Lamid vav tzaddikim yesh There are thirty six tzaddikim in the world. These thirty-six sadikim are the sadikim that God is going to reside in. Now, my friends, my friends, this idea of lamid vav of thirty-six sadikim, there's many more sadikim than thirty-six, right? I'm looking around this room. I already see twenty. There's got to be another sixteen out there, right? So, what do we mean when we say lamid vav sadikim on these thirty-six sadikim? Hashem will rest. And the Gemara, what it means, is that there's thirty-six hidden sadikim in every generation that God rests in. So these are two ma'amane chazar. One is, it says ham mishkan, mishkan, two words in a row to tell you that the mishkan is going to be a mashkon, it's going to be given up as collateral to pay the debt when the Bet HaMikdash is destroyed. Moshe Rabbeinu asks, what's going to happen when they sin, when you destroy the mishkan, where will you rest? And God says, on the 36th hidden tzaddikim, I have one question. Why? <laughs> Why? Are we in the moment of inception when we've just created the Mishkan, talking about its destruction? Could you imagine at a Hanugat HaBayit party, guy moves into a brand new house. Everyone sits down, the guy stands up and everyone's like, my brook on your new house. He says, soon this house will be demolished. <laughs> the pipes are going to burst. It's not going to work out. The bathrooms are going to leak. We're going to have to tear the whole job down the EPA is going to get in here they're going to you know put declare, declare a disaster zone the banks going to come collective. And who, who talks like that happy birthday rabbi look soon you're going to die rabbi soon <laughs> 120 years but soon so it's coming it's coming you know who wants to talk about death day on birthday right ha mishkan tsmishkan Hashem's like, here's the mishkan. What's going to happen when you destroy it? I'm going to be on the Sadiqim. What are we planning for the destruction right as we're building it? So my friends, I want to share something that I think is very interesting. You know, the Torah is full of ideas which seem to be very morbid. Yeah? Can I give you an example? The Mishnah in Pekabot says, a person should never forget the day he's going to die. <laughs> That's a right? That great Mishnah. Come on guys, break out the streamers. Woo! Want Who wants to remember that? That's what I need to remember all the time. Isn't that strange? The Torah is telling us all the time about how, what's it called? When a person does Avon, you should remember Gehinam creating angels of destruction right remember the kilala if you do the wrong thing I'm going to curse you B'Sukim in the Torah tell us about the destruction that's going to happen the mayhem the death the sickness Barmanan who what, what, what do we want this for? and the answer is <clears throat> that's not being morbid that's just not being naive And again, I need to stress this. Our world lives like it's going to live forever. We make bad choices with our health. We make terrible choices with our money. We're spending more than we have in a way that we've never spent before. You know, you see people who are living way beyond their means. And you know what? While they're working as hard as they can to catch their tail... They're barely catching their tail, flipping debt from credit card to credit card. Could you imagine when they have to slow down the work, when they get to retirement age, when they have more kids to support, when they have other expenses that come up, when unfortunately maybe they're not as well? Do you understand? We live without a thought for tomorrow. Not only that, our generation is proud of it. YOLO! You only live once. When the world says YOLO, what do they mean? You only live once. Live Majnun. Judaism says dib. That's not what YOLO means. YOLO means you only live once. Don't mess it up. YOLO, spend all my money on it for our idiot. You only live once. Why would you waste? Well, you don't need that. Spend it on something you need. Spend it on something that's valuable. Again, I want to make sure everyone says Enjoy your car, have whatever you want. I don't care. That's not my point. My point is when it comes at the expense of something else, right? The Torah is telling you, don't be naive. (laughs) He who sees what's coming. If you are not looking into your future, you're just not being responsible. What will happen from these actions? How will these actions develop? So the pasuk says, Ele mishkan, mishkan These are the countings of the mishkan. Mishkan haidut a mishkan of testimony. The pasuk tells you, This mishkan, it's a mishkan of testimony. It says that you have to live the way we agreed. And if you don't live the way we agreed, Something's got to give. Who can make mistake after mistake in shalom bayit? This is what people think. Treat my wife like garbage. It's fine, she'll get over it. Yeah, maybe, this time, and then the second time, and the third time, eventually comes a point where she says, I don't want to get over it, I want to get over you. You have to see, even in the building of something, you need to be prepared. Could you imagine a guy who builds a house, spends tons of time on the top floor of the house, builds a beautiful roof deck. that did not build a foundation. The next day the house collapses. The house looks gorgeous, but it's got, it's got no foundation. Now when they build foundations, what do they build for? I don't know, I'm not an architect, but... <laughs> they, don't build, they don't build a foundation f- for perfection. They build a foundation for floods. They build a foundation for wear and tear. They build a foundation for weight on the foundation. That's what they build it for. Then they reinforce the foundation. That means that when you're talking the foundation of something you take into account not the best case scenario, but the worst case scenario. You build into your business some buffer zone, so that when you have a month, because you can never know what's going to happen with the goods. Maybe they get sent back for whatever reason. You can never know what's going to happen if someone calls in their chips early. You can never know what's going to happen with the government, with them changing you know, a couple points you know, on, on the rate, the feds, etc. You never know when that's going to happen. So a smart person, they prepare from the beginning for the end. Okay? Now, let's take a look for one second at this idea of the Lamid Vav Sadikim. These hidden tzaddikim. Where did the Gemara get the idea of la mitvav of thirty <coughs> six? The Sefer Divrei Mariah says something amazing. He says it's hidden in the actual words themselves. Ele pekudei <speaking> mishkan. These are the countings of the mishkan. The word ele <speaking> is thirty six. In every generation, there are thirty six hidden tzaddikim. Now I want to ask you a question about these tzaddikim. There's a famous line from Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Rav Yisrael was the, uh, the, the person who gave birth to the Muslim movement. He began the idea, the concept, that a person should spend time throughout his life working on principles of self-betterment. What happened before him? You also weren't allowed to get angry. Not like he started anything new. You also weren't allowed to say, Lashonara. You also were not supposed to be a person who was arrogant. But the idea of all those things that you weren't supposed to be, They just existed in the background. Rav Salanter gave every one of these beasts a name and he painted a target on them. And he showed you, this is the study. This is how you understand yourself. This is how you overcome that thing. The Muslim movement was every day to try and remind myself in some way about how I need to improve and how I need to get better. So this man, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, said an amazing line. He said that we talk about these 36 hidden tzaddikim. The 36 hidden tzaddikim... He says, in this generation, there are no hidden tzaddikim. Because if they're tzaddikim, he said, then they are not hidden. And if they are hidden, then they're not tzaddikim. A generation that needs its leadership so badly. A time in history where we need people to to impress, to teach, to encourage, to engage with the community, with people. A person sitting on the side in the corner, hidden in a cave somewhere, learned, that's not a tzaddik. Ravisra Yisrael Salanta said this. Hundreds of years ago, never mind where we are today. Every tzaddik needs to hit the streets. That's what he says. My friends, I think perhaps this idea is connected with the first one that we spoke about. Eile <inaudible> mishkan These are the countings of the mishkan. Mishkan <inaudible> ha a dwelling place of testimony. What that means is that when Moshe Rabbeinu built the mishkan and they counted up each and every one of the coins, of the gold, of the silver, of everything that was brought in, he gives a a total accounting. Just as when they built the first mishkan, there was an accounting for every nickel, every dime, every quarter, where even though Moshe Rabbeinu could have pointed where's all the gold, where's the silver? What did he he say? Right there. It's right there. Look over there. Look, there's the Aaron. There's the Mishkan. There's the Yeri'ot. There's the Hatzeh. Right there. Yeah, but you can't count every coin when you point right there. You can't count that. The only way to count it is to understand what is the weight of the gold. What is the weight of the silver? We gave this to you, Moshe Rabenu. Do you have every dollar that we gave you? Is it all there? Is everything accounted for? My friends, you know what the hidden tzaddikim are? They are people who can give an accounting. They are people who can give an accounting and say, you know what I used today for? I used today for this. They can come to God or to man and say, you know what I did with Tuesday? This is what I accomplished on Tuesday. So Moshe Rabbeinu sets up from the beginning. When we build the Mishkan, everything's accounted for. A sadiq doesn't get to do the right thing the wrong way. You give someone musar, but you give it to him publicly. It's funny, We were talking about this last night. I have a guy in a class, and he shambles the other guy. And the other guy, yeah, guy, Ruven shambles Shimon. Shimon turns to Ruven, he's like, how could you embarrass me publicly? You embarrass somebody publicly. I was like, I think you don't want a, you just gave him the item. You told him about embarrassing public. Then you gave him Musar publicly. You just did what you told him he shouldn't do. So I told him that, and then I did what he did, which is what he did. <laughs> you understand? You do the right thing the wrong way, so you can't. You're pointing at the item. Look, it's good, but they say no, no, no. Let's open the books. I want to weigh it out. Let's see if everything, everything that we gave you to build this thing is there and present. God in heaven is not just going to ask us about our good deeds. God's going to ask you for the measurement, for the weight of every bit that he put in you and say, show me what you did with all of it. You have a great personality. Hashem's going to say, show me, what you do with that personality? Oh, you got customers for your business? Azak Baruch. No. Show me what you did as a mitzvah with your personality. Did you get people to come to shul? Did you use your personality to joke around and, and make it fun and light so everyone would come to a shi'ur? Or you use that to get everyone you know, to go to another place? What'd you use it for? You're very persuasive. Did you persuade people to give siddakah? You, know, you persuaded people to come with you to that restaurant with not kosher. What'd you use it for? I gave you money, God says. I see you gave donations. But what'd you use it for? How'd you use it? How much of it? What pers- Did you do the ma'asir? Did you give it correctly? How'd you give it? Our rabbis tell us, <laughs> Don't excessively give with uh, estimations. And as a makhluk in, in Pekia what that means. Do not give with estimations. Let's say, I, you know, I bring home a nice paycheck. I'm like, okay, there must be something like, I don't know, $50,000 there. So my ma'asir is probably something around 5K. I'll give 5K. The mitfarashim say, you know why you shouldn't do that? What happens if it was 52,000? And now you owe 5.2K. You you took money from Siddhartha. You stole that money. It's not yours. So don't make a roundabout. Don't guesstimate. You might get it wrong. But there's other other commentators that say, the reason why we don't want you guesstimating is not because you might underguesstimate. Even if you overguesstimate... I still don't want you to do it. You know why? Because that's not how a Jew lives. Around. berech, Something like. How much do I owe you? What's my responsibility? How much is here? You know where God lives? God lives on an accounting. I'm saying this for all the accountants. God lives on an accounting. A person whose life is measured, is considered... He's able to say, this is what I did, and this is how I did it. This is what you gave me, Borei Olam. And here I could show you how each and every dollar was used. Moshe Rabbeinu says, What's going to happen when the mishkan fails? What's Moshe asking? He's not just asking about where God will be. What he's asking is, I know what it took to give an accounting for the mishkan. God, if your appearance is going to be in this world, who's going to give the accounting? And God says to him, there will always be, 36 Sadiqim at least, who can give an accounting of everything that they've done, of every bit that I've invested in them. My friends, and this is my point and my takeaway for each and every one of you today. The Pasuk tells us about Avraham. The Avraham Baba And Avraham was old, Babayame, he came with his days. Our rabbis explain Baba Yameen means that Avraham Avinu came to God he was able to come with the accurate tally of how he used every single day. What would you do today? What would you do today that made it worth it? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that nuts? Those are the 36 sadiqim. So my friends if sadiqim are not hidden who's the Gemara talking about today? I remember reading something amazing. A hidden sadiq doesn't mean that nobody knows who he is. It means nobody knows what he is. One more time. A hidden sadiq does not mean nobody knows who he is. It's they don't know what he is. So maybe people think, oh, the rabbi, very nice guy. He's not a nice guy. The guy is extraordinary. Oh, rabbi, yeah, he gives nice speeches. He's not an excuse. He doesn't give nice speeches. He's a big tummy. You have no idea how big he is. When it means that he's hidden as a tzaddik, doesn't mean people don't know his name. It means they don't know his depth. And my friends, that's possible for each and every one of the people listening here today. Baba Yameen, you make every day worth it. You don't go to bed at night until you reckon with yourself, what did I do today that made today worth living? And if you didn't do anything, don't go to sleep. Find a website, make a donation to Siddaka, learn a page of Gemara, do something. I don't care what it is. You got to make every day worth it. My friends, this, uh, this beautiful concept, the idea that we don't exist to waste days, we exist to squeeze days, to make the most of every minute of life, is the most beautiful Jewish idea in the world. And how do you make sure that you use every day? You remember that you don't have an unlimited number of them. Then you get sad. No. No, 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 no. You only get sad if you live in a naive world where the idea that a person dies is a chidush to you. Everybody's going to die. I always say that. I tell people to get comfortable with it. Tell yourself every day. Tell yourself all the time. People, everyone's going to, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. That doesn't make you sad. When I'm not going to say when. Yeah, it's a happy cage. Wow. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Rabbi Father. By the way, that's Sammy Sutton. Wait, special so show sure that by <laughs> Thank you very much. Wow. Thank you very much. So I just turned, I was born in the year 1978. I just turned? 44. 44. You know what motivates me? It motivates me to think I'm going to live to 120. But a third of my life is gone. I've spent one third of it. I I got two thirds left. What do I want to use it for? I don't find that to be upsetting. I find that to be motivating. So I want to bless each and every person here to live a very long life. But I bless you that your life in your eyes should not be so long that you think you have plenty of time to do something valuable. I bless you with long actual life, but with a perception in your eyes that whatever it is, it's short. And what am I gonna do today? And what am I gonna achieve this year? What are you gonna build with yourself, with your family, with your children, with your community? What that are you going to start? What new practice are you going to initiate? What will you work on? I remember reading about a rabbi who worked on smiling. You know how long he worked on smiling for? For two years, he worked on always having a smile. Yeah? You think he said, lazy rabbi? Listen to this. End of the story. Okay? This rabbi, rabbi Avram uh, Grudensky, I think was his name, he, after two years... Was such a master of his smile that when the Nazis invaded, the people say about him that you would see him in the ghetto with a smile on his face. Because he was such a master of his own joy that nothing could take that joy away from him. But the only way you work on that is if you think to yourself, I don't have an unlimited amount of time. Let me get to it. What do you want to achieve? Let's go! Come on! That's my biracha to each and every one of you. My biracha to each and every one of you is that you don't live life sitting back like this in your chair. You live life at the edge of your seat. Pumped, excited for another day. Another one of your limited edition days. You ain't getting another one of today. You only get one today. Tomorrow is not the same day. Different day. Baba Yameen. The only way you're going to be that tzaddik, the only way you're going to bring shekinah to the world, only way you're going to make a difference, the only way you're going to be the best you, is if you literally grab every opportunity. What would you do today? What a special beracha! I want to bless all the people in the world who are waiting for a shidduch, not to push it off one more day. You know what? I don't know. I don't like this one. I'm going to wait for another one. I not want to ever need all my boxes ticked tomorrow, tomorrow. The guy who says tomorrow, tomorrow. What happens? He waits too long. He gets too comfortable. And then, he or she. It's hard to fill because you know what? My expectations went to such a level. It's hard. I lived my life, I got used to the way it is. My friends, a person who waits, who waits with his kids to build a functional, full, warm relationship. Remember that song? Right, Cats in the Cradle? Let's get together, then we'll get, then we'll get together. Then we'll... You know what happens to that guy? He never builds a relationship with his kids. You waited too long. You sat at work. You have a great idea. Your, your value is more than you're being given at work. You don't make a move, you're going to die in that chair. You're never going to move forward. I give you a berachah with the courage to move forward to take something bigger. To become a tamin chacham. Did you start learning you learning Gemara. Are you doing more? Are you challenging yourself? I give you berakhah in learning. I give each and every one of us a berakhah to achieve that which we thought was impossible. We are giving a berakhah that we achieve bezat Hashem greatness in every lane and please God. Shiduchim parlasa, yeladim chinuch bezat Hashem biat goel tzedek b'merah v'yamenu. We should be zochet to beat and greet Mashiach tzedkenu Each and every one of us b'merah v'yamenu. Amen.